And then I looked up sacred um, in the New World Dictionary, consecrated to, belonging to a god or deity, holy, set apart for, dedicated to some person, place, or purpose. So in the first chapter of the, book of the first book of the Bible, we learn that God created humans, and he created each and every one of us in his own image, in his own likeness, and he blessed humanity. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. God created us in his image and his likeness because he loves us and desires to have a relationship with us. And he didn't just create us to leave us to struggle and to figure things out. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live and die for us so that we could ask for his forgiveness for sins and live in relationship with him. Jesus applied this scripture here that I'm going to read um, to himself. Um, when he began his mission on earth. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty <clears throat> to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And I looked up the, the word afflicted as used there um, in the Strong's Concordance. And uh, it's, it means depressed, needy, humble, lowly, meek, and poor. So that covers about all of it. Um, so we are so infinitely precious to him that Jesus is preparing a place for us of such beauty in heaven that we can't even begin to imagine so that we can live with him forever. And this is what Jesus said to the disciples and what he says to us, at, you know, it was right before he died. He said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So, but from the creation of humankind, there's been a fierce war the enemy has been and still is waging on various fronts upon the sanctity of human life, intense battles to devalue us and to snuff us out. And last week, a friend of ours became hopeless and tried to commit suicide. He's doing okay physically. Our hearts have been very heavy for him, and yet I have much hope for him. The acres have been wonderful in ministering to him and to his family, offering the true hope of God. And until the Lord transformed me, I struggled much with depression, strong suicidal thoughts, rejection, abandonment, bulimia. And so I just stand here just to give hope to anybody who has struggled with those things because I actually held a pistol to my heart. And, uh, you know, so I know that that can be such a strong attack on the, you know, from the enemy to just lie to us and tell us that life is hopeless and that we're not worth it. So, um, so 
He fights for each of us because each of us is worth it. What I want more than anything for our friend to know and for everybody to know is that how valuable they are to God to ask his forgiveness for sins and to live an intimate relationship with him. And then he's the one who fights for us. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior, a warrior who saves. He will exult over you with joy. He will renew you in his love. He will rejoice over you, over you with shouts of joy. So I just want you to know the Lord wants us to experience that life is sacred and every life is beautiful and you are beautiful. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a war against each one of us to take life from us. Not even just physical life, just about what the life you're going to live. Um, Mitch and I and Michelle and several others here have uh, worked with at-risk kids before, kids that no teacher wanted, so we got them. <laughs> you know, kids that have been told all their life they're nothing. Um you know, it broke our hearts because these are God's children that were coming to us. And uh, our job was to help speak life into them more than it was to teach them. <laughs> it was to speak life into them. Um, precious is every life, you know. And I, what, would, what would you do to save a life? I mean, that's, yesterday I found out when Ron McCall called me and Asked me to come pick him up, say he had chest pains. By the way, this is the second person in this congregation that's done that. When you have chest pains, call 911, then call me. <laughs> okay? I don't mind coming, but just <laughs> let's get somebody there a little bit quicker, yeah? But anyway, I, I well, didn't want to call 911, so I picked him up, and I found out Marie's car can handle real well at 90 miles per hour. I was going to do whatever I can to get him to the hospital as quick as I could. Thank God he didn't have a heart attack, you know. But what would you do to save a life? I mean, really. I mean, people you care about, and every life is worth it. Every life is worth it. Shalene, would you come? Shalene's a, a doula, and I'm going to let her tell you all about that. But I've known Shalene for about 15 years, too. But she's going to share about her experiences as a doula and what God speaks to her through that. Hello. So as I was hearing Laura speak, there was a lot that was coming to me as it often happens, I'm sure, when you get up here and the Lord shows you more things. So um, I am a doula. This is not going to stay. And what that means is um, in the natural, I help support couples in their pregnancy and birth journey, and it is a journey. Um, it's a call that women hear, all of us men and women, boys and girls, hear a call in our hearts to something. And as I have been learning and preparing to teach and mentor um, pregnant couples, I've realized there's much more in us birthing in each one of us um, as we're paying attention to our call in our life. And um, so as a mentor, I am walking alongside 
women that have physical babies in their belly. And as I am um, in, first of all, as I am called literally to go to someone in early labor, in early labor there is much waiting, much anticipation, much, much mental struggle. And physical birth, I tell all my clients, is much more about the mental struggle, mental preparation than it is physical and spiritual preparation than it is physical. And that's much like with us spiritually. There is much spiritual and mental and emotional preparation for a call that God has on our life. And as I go and I'm supporting a woman in their early labor, they're, you know, they're having contractions. They're in a, a pattern that's all over the place. And sometimes we feel that way emotionally and spiritually. We kind of feel all over the place. And having someone that mentors us and walks alongside of us is very important. And I also tell my clients that um, birth and that journey is much more about the process or as much about the process than the outcome. And I always am there to literally hold their hand to remind them and myself as I'm in this process too that stay present each moment of your life, each moment of your birth, and not being attached to the outcome. Don't be attached to the physical or literal baby. Don't be attached to how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, in what way, but be present right now. And as a woman gets closer to the delivery of her baby, and as we get closer to what we believe is the flourishing of a dream or a call on our life spiritually, often God gives us a rest time or what may seem like a door, or a wall, or, okay, this, I feel like I'm going backwards, or it's not happening, or all this stuff that goes on in our mind, our psyche, man, why, why is, I, I thought I was getting close, and we kind of feel like we're going backwards. Well, that's exactly what happens to a woman in labor when she gets close to delivery, and she doesn't know mentally that she may be at 9 or 10 centimeters, which is when you're able to push the baby out. So it often takes someone to remind her, keep going, keep going, you're almost there. And it takes that mental person, that spiritual person to say, keep going, you're almost there, because she's ready to say, I'm done, I can't do it anymore, I want to give up. How many of us have said that and thought that? So it helps us to keep going. And it's amazing, the most vulnerable and raw place a woman gets to in the, the delivery of her baby. She is the most, in the most raw state. She doesn't care about what people are thinking of her. She's not worrying about social, you know, she's not going to tea at somebody's house and still smiling. I can always tell when somebody calls me and they're still smiling, I'm thinking, she's got some ways to go, <laughs> usually. <laughs> so I say, it's okay to let that go. And I always ask my clients too, what does it mean to you to let go? Let it go. Let it go of trying to make it happen. Let try it go of trying to control it. Let go and be into your body. Listen to the Lord. Listen to your own inner soul. Um, so there, when she gets to that place, it, there's so much breakthrough that happens once that baby is born. And when I see a woman just writhing and thriving, that scripture about writhing and thriving in childbirth is very true. And once that baby is born, she's a totally different person. It's amazing to see the transformation. It is a transformation that happens to that woman. And I see her 
right at that point and the next day, and I'm thinking, that's not the same person. That was just completely undone and coming, coming apart um, when she is at that place of birthing her baby. So think about that in your life as you are hearing a call and you might think, you might try, be trying to refuse that call or be questioning it or, you know, a woman goes through that struggle of, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to have this baby? And Laura's going to talk about that. And thankfully, there's, there's places like the PRC that help walk alongside women that may have been planned, may have been unplanned, and just think, I don't want to do this. I can't, I can't answer that call that's on my life to either have a physical baby or a spiritual baby. So it's important to come alongside mentors, no matter how old you are, and have mentors to walk with you and to tell you, keep going. So, thank you. Amen. I say, what an exciting job she gets to see these new lives coming to the... <laughs> yeah. Do men have get doulas too? I think Marty was real calm during your... <laughs> oh, I was a nervous wreck. I came up, I came, I would show up to the hospital with streaks up my neck where I tried to shave, you know. I, I was walking in the hospital, forgot to park my car. They had to tell me to go back out and park my car. I get upstairs with the luggage and they tell me what room we're going to be in and where, what clothes I have to change. And as I start walking away, they said, will you please come back and get the luggage? <laughs> I'm in the life. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, those who've been through that experience know how how it's it's work <laughs> for the woman. It's some work for us, trying to keep our composure and trying to help uh, our wives get through it. But there's some pain involved, and I love the spiritual correlation with those spiritual babies we have in our life. And sometimes the pushing through we need to do at times. Thank you, Shalene. Laura is going to come and share again. There she comes. I'm sorry I'm having to rely so much on my notes, so please bear with me. If you knew, just the, anyhow, it's only the Lord um, and all the Lord. I started volunteering as a nurse at the Pregnancy Resource Center for, for well, I did it for four years, uh, once a week, and um, right away they trained me to do limited obstetrical ultrasounds, and I was terrified, as some of you, as some of you know, and, um, but the night before my training, Tammy O'Reilly gave me Proverbs 25, too, which says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it is the glory of kings to search it out, and I thought, well, what does that mean? For me, but then the Lord showed me. For me, it was like it is the my privilege to do an ultrasound and be able to look at the babies in the womb, you know. And so, God's the one who conceals them there. So, that was such an encouragement. Um, so, just I, I know that not all of you are familiar with this ministry, so I'm just going to act as if you have never heard of it. Um, PRC was started as the Crisis Pregnancy Center in Blacksburg in 1985 as a Christian outreach to women and, well, women with unplanned pregnancies. So that means that some of our clients have adult children that are 29 years old. 
So, and I know that some of you served in critical positions in that. So, what we do now is is built on the shoulders of people who paved the way. Um, our mission: we we receive no government funding. Local churches and individuals provide all our support, and you here at Dwelling Place have been a huge part of that. All our services are free because of this provision. And uh, all our services are confidential too. <clears throat> Excuse me. We provide uh, pregnancy tests and ultrasounds uh, in limited STI, sexually transmitted infection testing too for men and women. So sometimes I do have the opportunity to talk with some young men, and I do appreciate that. Um, we also provide counseling in a safe, compassionate environment. Um, pregnancy options counseling, which is biblically-based information to walk them through their options and also to connect them with resources in the community. Um, We also offer adoption referrals to facilitate meetings between the clients and Christian adoption services. And just a couple weeks ago, I had a client who was pretty far along, and um, she was just crying like the whole time just very unhappy about being pregnant, but um, she met with one of our client advocates and, you know, got to talk with her about adoption, and she's going to meet next week with an adoption agency. And I forgot, I was going to tell you that Kathy Tangalakis also volunteered there, and now she works there, and we often get to partner together, and that's such a joy and privilege if you know Kathy. You know, she's amazing there, perfect. Um, But she's actually in another church talking, you know, giving this presentation. Um, So we also provide parenting and um, pregnancy DVD classes. And when they take the classes, then they can earn material goods they need, like diapers, strollers, wipes. Very quickly they can earn that. Um, We also provide pregnancy loss support and including abortion recovery. And even sometimes when I'm doing an ultrasound, um, I don't find a heartbeat, and I have to tell them, you know, I'm not a doctor. It has to be confirmed. But um, this is, I'm not seeing what I expect to see. And so it's often a place of tears, not just with that situation, but with others, sometimes happy tears and sometimes sad tears. Um, we have two clinics now. Uh, Valley Women's Clinic in Blacksburg, near Virginia Tech, and Valley Women's Clinic in Radford, near Radford University. Our goal is to share the love of Christ, offering compassionate care and grace for those facing unplanned pregnancies or other often difficult situations. We listen, accept them as they are, offer truth, hope, and practical help. And because of some of my own regrettable choices, tough experiences with life and the help and comfort that I receive from the Lord and from others, I feel like I'm able to relate to them on many levels. And I also, I love having the freedom to be able to share Christ with them because we don't receive any government funding. A number of years ago, my husband, Ted, and I both cried over an unplanned pregnancy. We were married, and it was our baby, but we didn't want her at first. We, we didn't have that hope of the finances because we didn't know the Lord in the fullness of that. And um, so 
We struggled with that, um, but after a couple ultrasounds, we began to connect with her, and um, I learned how powerful the ultrasound is in connecting a woman and a man with the womb. Um, and at 26 weeks gestational age, I developed severe preeclampsia, and she, she died, and I had to go through labor and delivery. And so, although at first we didn't want her, it, it was the saddest thing that we ever experienced. Um, and at first we, were, we felt guilty. We wondered if we had caused her to die because we didn't want her. And um, I don't believe that to be the case, but we still asked the Lord for forgiveness and received his forgiveness. And although we miss her, we're sad that she's not here um, we have peace and comfort in knowing that she's with the Lord and that one day we're going to step into eternity and be with her forever. So um, about 45, 43% of women will have at least one abortion by the time they're 45. And at the PRC, I have had numerous clients who've had abortions. And while we know that each life is sacred to God, our hearts are always to deal with compassion and grace with those who have not only had abortions, but who leave our clinic intending to abort. And I certainly have no room to judge. A number of my friends here and elsewhere have told me that they've had abortions. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate them sharing that with me. I know a couple men as well who've been involved with abortion. And I and the PRC and Dwelling Place desire that anyone involved with abortion know that there is grace and forgiveness and healing available. And most of the friends I've mentioned have asked God's forgiveness and have forgiven themselves. And they're part of my inspiration for working there to try to save somebody else from that pain of um, going through that by giving them truth and God offering them hope. Um, so I want to offer hope with anyone here dealing with the guilt and shame of abortion or anything else. Um, Christ's death is for all of our sins. And 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So after the service, I encourage you to pray with our, one of our prayer counselors. And if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, Today is a great day for that, okay? It's the best and most important decision I ever made. This year, we picked a theme verse that speaks to a natural outcome of our ministry, one that leaves a legacy that impacts generations. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. Let this be recorded for future generations so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. So... Um, I'd like to share with you a quote from a client who came to us in the 90s. When I found that I was alone, that I was pregnant with my first child, I was in my last semester of college, living alone, working nearby, completing an inter internship. In addition to finishing my course degree, my course load to earn my degree, my mom and dad were two and a half hours away. My then boyfriend, now husband, was almost four hours away. I went to the first place I could think of, the Caring Pregnancy Center, to confirm my pregnancy. The counselor there was just what I expected her to be, warm, caring, gentle, kind, and godly. She walked me through the results of the test, discussed how I was feeling, and explained the options to me. She was just who I needed her to be at that moment. And I've wondered if that was Bev Taylor, because she used to work there. 
So, um, and then this is a slide of, of the client with her adult daughter. Um, so there is an influence that's against choosing life in our society. Um, the National Right to Life released a report um, that I read on CNN, um, just online, the state of abortion in the U.S. More than 3,000 unborn children are still killed every day. But after years of being told that abortion was, sorry, this is what I hand wrote, and I'm, I should have put my glasses on, um, and it's very sloppy. Abortion uh, was the only choice, um, or her best choice, um, and that they've learned that there's an alternative to affirm their lives. Oh, sorry, you guys, I'm just botching it up completely. Um, but the president of National Right to Life said the bottom line is simple. The right to life moment is succeeding because even after 41 years and more than 56 million abortions, the consciences of our nation are that killing unborn children is wrong. So we stand on the opposite side of the spectrum. We treat our clients with respect no matter what they decide. Through the information and support that we provide, many choose life. In fact, 90% of our clients last year chose to parent. And of course, a lot of those were already intending to parent. Um, over the past five years, out of all the clients who were pregnant and abortion was one of their options, 616 clients chose life for their child. And then in, in last year, it was 101, just for that year. And then um, another area of impact, which some people don't realize, is that due to our locations new near the two universities, we have a lot of international students. And right now, we have clients from China, Indonesia, Iran, Iraq, Africa, Nepal, Vietnam, and many others. So we are able to have ongoing relationships with them as they attend baby and parenting classes, which gives us the opportunity to pray with them, answer spiritual questions, and truly show them the love of Christ. And these seeds of truth go with them when they return to their countries. And you're part of this. So I'd like to just share you a story, share with you a story of um, a client that Kathy and I had the privilege of meeting with. Um, when she first thought she could be pregnant, she went to Planned Parenthood, and when she was there, she did find out for sure that she was pregnant. The doctor talked to her about her options, but the first one that the doctor mentioned was the abortion pill, and our client told her it was harmless to her. It would get the job done. Our client told her no, and the doctor said that they didn't have to talk about it anymore. Later in the conversation, she brought it up again, trying to convince her that it was a good option. Our client did not feel comfortable there. So the next day she came to us, we met with her, we offered her an ultrasound, and we have a big monitor on the wall where they can see the ultrasound, and we always give them the option. If they don't want to see it, they certainly don't have to. Um, it was just a real early pregnancy, it looked like a little diamond, the yolk sac looked like a little diamond ring, or little ring, and then the baby was like this little grain of rice, a little diamond on that ring nestled up against the uterine wall. I did a couple measurements of the baby. It was only 2.9 millimeters, about an eighth of an inch, which corresponded with a five-week, six-day baby. 
and I put the machine on the motion mode across the heart to measure the heart rate, and it was just this beautiful pattern, as they always are, this unique pattern, 117 beats a minute, you know, just that tiny baby with that little heartbeat, and uh, so, you know, although she was life-minded, you know, that was still powerful for her, and then Kathy talked to her about our classes, so she continued with college and gave birth to a beautiful baby. Later, the client wrote, they made me feel welcome and comfortable. They talked to me about all my options and clearly explained every aspect of my options. They never pushed anything on me and totally made it my decision. They just made sure I knew the facts. They even made sure I wasn't alone when I had my very first ultrasound. I am so thankful to the PRC for making me feel like I am capable of being a mother and for making sure that I am taken care of. So thank you so much for supporting this ministry. And you can continue to bless the PRC definitely by praying for us, praying for wisdom, especially <clears throat> just praying about volunteering your time. It's not for everybody, but if that's what the Lord calls you and at his timing, you can also donate diapers and um, gently used baby items, maternity clothes, and then you can read these other things. Um, so I just want to show you some of our clients that have been impacted by this ministry and who have given us permission to share their pictures. Um, to you make a difference. Together we leave a lasting legacy beyond 30 years. He created each of us with destiny and has given each of us gifts to use for his glory and to benefit others. I challenge you today to ask the Lord what his plans are for you whether through Eagle's Nest Regeneration Program offered um, for, through DP for Men with drug and alcohol addictions or becoming a foster parent like my sister's family does fostering, adopting like the Spreakers, helping with orphans and widows like Richard Dugan, helping with the widows, um, and many other means we can all participate in the promotion of the sanctity of human life for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. He has good plans for each of us. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Psalm 145, 4. Thanks. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you've ever been in ministry of any kind, you know what it's like to have some people come along beside you and support that and be there. Uh, in the mid-90s, I was at a conference. Don't know how, don't remember all how I got there, but it was a conference trying to get evangelicals and mainline churches working together. We were doing pretty good until we got to abortion, you know, and... Uh, I remember sitting around a table, and I was the only one that was pro-life at the table. Yes. There's eight, eight people around me, and I was trying to give testimony to, to life, to Jesus. And uh, all of a sudden, there's two guys who are part of this community called the Bruderhof. You can look that up online if you want to. There are people that are geared toward life. You know, they live in community together as Christians. And they saw me, and they came down, and they sat at my table with me. So I wouldn't be alone. So I wouldn't be alone. We can't leave the PRC alone. They do too much good work. Amen.
Rachel, would you come here? I've known Rachel for about 17 years because <laughs> she's part of the congregation that Marie and I were pastoring and got to baptize her. And I know some of the story that you're going to share and appreciate it. So. I wasn't originally supposed to speak, y'all. Um, so we had went to church here for many years, left for a while, went to another church, came back. Um, but while we were away, there was one Sunday when the pastor's wife was preaching, and she was talking about our why, why we live where we live, why we do what we do, why we're married to who we're married to. Um, and one of the first things she said was, no one here is an accident, no one here is a mistake. And I've heard that before, but for some reason that day, it just boom hit me, all in one, just a flash. Um, when my mom was, it was two weeks before her 20th birthday, and she was walking home from work, and she was raped by two men. I am a child of that rape. My mother, despite what the world would say, the world would tell her that I'm not supposed to be here because of how I was conceived. But I'm here. She said yes to me. And because she said yes to me, it wasn't just a yes for my life. You know, it was a yes to my, you know, my family, you know, because I wouldn't be married to my husband. I wouldn't have my two children. And, you know, when they get married, it's going to affect their lives and their kids' lives. One yes just affected a generation. And that generation will affect the world. So don't let the world tell you what's right and what's wrong. You know, you, we all, every person in here has a why. We're all supposed to be here. And there's all something we're supposed to do in, in this life. And if it's just to stand here and praise Jesus, then so be it, you know? They got me. I know my life wouldn't be the same without knowing Rachel and her children. And for her mother to make that choice, I thank God. I thank God. Amen. I knew I was supposed to speak during the week. And I just sort of brushed it off. But then as they're talking, Mark mentioned earlier about miracles. You know, about three kids. But the reality is, is when a, with a child, there's three miracles that I, I got to speak. First off, the first miracle is in creation. See, when God created everything in Psalm 139, verse 15, it talks about how we were skillful, skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Romans chapter 8 tell us that, tells us that all of creation was subject to futility, not of its own will, but the will of him who subjected in hope. In other words, the word futility is not sin. It's literally, if you who are women and been pregnant, you know the feeling of getting pregnant. And all of a sudden, the reality of that process of childbirth. And that's what God did. Every child that has ever been born, when God said, let there be light, was in her, 
in the center of the fabric of the earth. You want to know when Jesus is coming back? It's when every child that was ever created to be born is born. Or else that would be abortion. God will, Jesus will come back when every child has ever been purposed to be born. See, our names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundations of the world. So every child, every one of us, you and I, were created in the fabric of the earth. And so what creation is doing is giving birth to children, the sons of God. And the second miracle occurs in the miracle of conception. And just like, whew, like, whew, Rachel, does she? I can feel this because uh, it's in the point of conception. See, God's all about causing all things to what? I just want to say this from God's perspective. There's no unwanted pregnancies. Can I say that? Because, I mean, Rachel is very much wanted. You know, very much. And some of you who, you know, have had pregnancies and, you know, where they're and the other second category I want to say is, is in this conception is massive because there is life. Because in Psalm 139, 16, it tells us that, uh, that God saw us in our mother's womb and he saw all the days that were ordained for us when he has, yet there was not one of them. And the reality is, I, I don't want to speak this because in, a, in this place of uh, both two categories, women in relationship to abortion in the second category. It's in relationship to women who have had miscarriages. Paul and I have never had a miscarriage. But I've been a brother to many women who have had miscarriages. And what God has told me to stand up and speak, because I couldn't not sit there. It's that the miracle is that when a child is conceived, that child is alive. Destiny has been launched. And I say this, that when a child leaves this, the, room, the realm of a mother's womb, whether birth or to heaven, and I just want to put this uh, category there in relationship to miscarriages or an abortion, that child has won. Destiny is fulfilled. You know, life, uh, you know, God is all about the awesome redemption of Jesus. And the reality is how that God can take something and uh, give full measure. Remember the parable that Jesus told about the, way, uh, the wage earners in the field? Where, you know, one works in the field the whole day and one works just at the end of the day and all receive the same reward. There's something in relationship to that passage in relationship to the child who may hit the woman, hit the child who had been miscarried. Because I want to say this, destiny fulfilled. Because I say when a child is born into this world, all of a sudden, I'm going to say this, life becomes a gamble from a parent. To pray destiny. Y'all, destiny is not in this world. Destiny is in the age to come. That is life. That is the fullness of life. And I don't have time to go into details of that, but I know this, that child who goes to there, there's the fullness of destiny.
No, uh, you know, when, uh, no longer is it if whether they have eternal life. I want to declare this over the parent who's had a miscarriage. They have won. They have escorted a child into the presence of the Most High God to have eternal life. But when a child is born into this world, then comes the question whether that child will receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And as a parent, both physically and spiritually, that battle to believe for that child many times can be held. But I want to say this, with a child that goes into the presence of God, God causes all things to work for good. I, I remember one time that uh, I was praying with a woman, a young, well, was a college student, whose aunt died while she was in her sleep, quote. And what had happened, the family thought that the uncle had murdered the aunt. So the, the animosity in the family was massive. The pain in this college student, because the aunt, she was very close to this aunt, was great. I mean, she's experienced a lot of pain from this event. So as we were praying for her, Something that happened that's only happened to me a couple of times, that as we were praying for her, all of a sudden she started having a vision of the whole scenario. And the crazy thing about it was, I'm seeing the vision when she's seeing it. She's telling us, but I've already seen what she's told us. So I knew it was true. So as she starts to see this vision, she sees her aunt laying in bed next to her uncle. Her uncle's asleep, and all of a sudden her aunt's laying in bed, and all of a sudden... She starts gasping for breath. And then you see this huge black cloud coming around, swirling over the top of her aunt's bed. And you knew it was the spirit of death. And the crazy thing was, is all of a sudden her aunt sees this black cloud. Instantly, she, this girl kicks out of the vision. And she goes, I don't want to see this. I mean, it was too, it looked ugly. It was traumatic. And I did put it in doubt whenever you, if you're with me and, and you see me go to the bathroom, you know that I'm praying. So we just paused everything, and I just went to the bathroom. I'm saying, Jesus, what do we do? Because if we go through this thing and she sees her aunt go to hell, it will cause, <laughs> we're going to have to deal with this. And so the Lord says, go on. And I got, I better be hearing you, Lord. He says, go on. So as we went back, I went back in and I said to her, listen, we got to keep going. So I started pray, we prayed over, and all of a sudden, instantly, it's just like turning the TV set on. And I see it again, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing it too, again, same scenario. And her aunt's sitting there, and all of a sudden, her aunt says, Lord, save me. What does Romans 10 say? Who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All of a sudden, as soon as she said that, her aunt, a, a huge angel appeared and just comes, I never forget how it did it, I think it was his left hand, appeared right ahead, right beside the bed, grabbed, took the, that black cloud and just went, with his left hand, reaches down with the right hand with her aunt and takes her and takes her to heaven. But the crazy thing was, is that when her aunt gets to heaven instantly, she sees all the heirs, their descendants that had gone to heaven before her. And the phenomenal thing that occurred was, is that when her aunt got there, she saw the child that her grandmother had had stillborn. The interesting thing was is that Robin never knew that her grandmother had a stillborn child. 
she went home and she told her mother about the whole scenario. And she said, Mom, did Grandma lose a child? And, uh, and she said, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw it in heaven. And so the reason why I share that testimony, the validity verified to me, the reality, y'all, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I speak this to the women who have miscarriages or, or abortions. I say this, Jesus has your child. You will see again. You will experience the reality of it. Um, that's good. Um, Lee and I are going to just kind of finish up. Um, many of you guys have know, know our testimony, um, you know, talking about that we have birthed four children in the natural, but we've also birthed three children uh, into heaven, as Rick just declared. Um, and, you know, when you, talk, when you do the sanctity of your life, it's always hard. I mean, this is always, it's kind of a hard service because in some ways it's crazy amounts of hope because there's, there's life in it because that's what we're declaring. But, you know, as I sit around this room, probably every one of us in certain ways have been affected, you know, by the sanctity of life. You know, whether that's, you know, from birth and conception in relationship to miscarriage, in relationship to maybe you've been involved in a relationship to abortion, or maybe uh, we, we sat down with awesome, we just sat down with an awesome woman of God that, you know, this, this a couple of weeks ago that declared, I, I want, I want to be a mother, but I don't, I don't have, I don't have a relationship yet. So, I mean, you're even in that predicament. And to the, also to the, to the ones that are trying to get pregnant and that can't get pregnant. So, I mean, you're talking about crazy spectrum. Plus, I just sat down with an awesome man of God that's in his late 80s um, that, you know, right now is just tough for him because life, his life, he wants it more there than he does here. So, I mean, you're like, it's such a crazy genre of, I mean, when you talk about this, but I think that's what the, the Lord, when, when we sang that song, you know, your name is life, your name is hope inside me, hope inside me. I just felt like the Lord was just really, there's some birthing of hope today. Whatever, whatever maybe situation that was in, I had to speak hope into that 86-year-old man because he needed hope to live. Like, he's, his purpose and destiny is not... De- not ended yet. You know, he's here. He's walking this earth to the, to the person that maybe has gone through what we went through, you know, birthing a child, you know, our first child was a a miscarriage and then third, I think our third child was a miscarriage. And then of course we had, we always talk about Nehemiah a lot because we actually birthed him. You know, he was about 17 weeks. You can come up and talk about any of this that you want, but, (laughs) um, you know, but being able to hold hold a baby and know that that's life. I mean, there was life, way, way abundance of life. And the cool part about that testimony is that in that, we didn't really name, we didn't come in with Nehemiah. We just, you know, we had to go do it, you know, the, the DNC and things like that. We had to go to the hospital. And in that, I mean, as we were, I think it was as we were holding him, I mean, the Lord gave us Nehemiah. And it was a testimony that he is a cupbearer before the king, that there's destiny and purpose that, we don't even see, like, that we, we get to experience, we got to experience by birthing him into that in heaven, and, you know, was it, 
something that probably one of the hardest moments of our life absolutely like hands down wouldn't want anybody to have to go through that but we walk through that with people a lot you know if i probably i'm not even gonna get hands to go up but i can guarantee you that more than you think you know have has had to deal with miscarriage or or abortion and so or thing, things in that genre and so i i just feel like the lord is just declaring life and isn't it really interesting this morning we were in prayer and we were just, I don't know, we were just worshiping in relationship to the greatness of God, and, and, I, and I was looking up some scripture, and the Lord, Lord just said, uh, Mary, you know, when Mary uh, birthed, you know, G, or she found out the birth of Jesus when she was with Elizabeth, she spoke that, what is it, the Mary's Magnificon, or whatever, I don't know what they call it, but in that, she makes this statement, the mighty one has done great things for me, the holy one, holy is his name, and, it, and this this just I felt like was a theme for today. His mercy is upon generation after generation after generation. And no matter what we feel or think about this, you know, this nation and just everything and all the his mercy is towards this and his mercy is towards you this morning and, and in that and and I and I also just want to read Isaiah forty three. Do you you want to say anything? No. I mean I felt like this morning and I know Tamara had Tamara here? A Tamara. She had shared a word during worship about, you know, this this place of like his do you want to share real quick? I just really felt like this is just a confirmation of I didn't know it was Life Sunday, but I will say I'm among the women that have had multiple, multiple miscarriages. Um and I didn't know. Today is actually the birthday of my fourth child, who was a huge redemption after I had had five miscarriages, one of which was twins, which was very traumatic because we had um, we had seen the ultrasound and connected with those babies and seen that heartbeat. But So today, 11 years ago, I was given to my, giving birth to my victory, and there was, it was a horrible battle. I, it led me into severe depression, actually, afterwards because I didn't get the birth experience I wanted, and it was 10 years of, he's my victory, but I'm still depressed for 10, 11 years. Anyway, that's a long story. <laughs> Partly to do with what God was saying to me when I walked in and we started singing that song about hope. And I very heard, clearly heard him say, "You." they were talking about lift him higher. And he, he said, my opinion needs to be higher than the other's opinions about you and your opinion about yourself. And I know that was for me, but I also know we can all be at a point where we're our worst critics. And where I saw that birth 11 years ago as a victory, but also the worst defeat in my life, I know that God wants me to have a new perspective. So the scripture that he gave me to go with that was from Ephesians, and I don't have my iPod up here, so I can't read it, but it talked about how God in his mercy has seated us in heavenly places, and even when we are in the depths and are still dead in our trespasses, even 10 years of depression, I'm still seated in the heavenly places with Christ. And I'm in a good place now. It took a long time. I'm not completely healed. I don't know that anybody in here can say they're completely healed, but I will say that God's opinion, what he told me, and what I felt like I was supposed to tell you, was that you have got to let his opinion of you be higher and be lifted higher than your opinion of yourself. 
and others' opinion of you. Amen, Tamar. I just, I felt like more than anything, the Lord just wanting to, I think that's the most awesome thing about the Lord to me is that he declares worth and value over every single person. And every person is irreplaceable. Like there's never anyone else that could ever take their place. And I really feel like across the board and just that confirmation, that is what he wants each of us to really receive is this value and worth that is really incomprehensible. And um, yeah, so thank you, Tamara. And I, I just felt like I just really wanted just to praise him too, because as these kids were up there, like the answers to prayers, like we fought battles and we have many that are in the heavenlies, but the victories of years of praying and standing beside people is just, it, it just blows me away. And I just, I just want to thank him for that. So I just want to speak this. Um, history. I don't know who dropped this, but they can come get it afterwards. But it was just interesting. This little thing was on the floor and it was, it was hope. It was a little Emily Dickinson, Dick, uh, Dickinson saying, um, just about hope, and I just felt like the Lord was just—he—he he just is highlighting hope to you today. Like wherever you're at in that this process, um, there's hope. And I want to read Isaiah 43, and uh, I don't know fully how to close all this out, but we're gonna have some—the prayer team's gonna come, and, and we're just gonna have some people up here. And I, I'm just believing that whatever stage that—I mean, there's so many responses in that. I mean, if you've been in relationship to um, an abortion before, we want to stand alongside you. Um, you know, I know uh, men that have stood in those same positions where they might have been involved in, you know, some type of abortion as well. So it's not just women. It's the men also involved in those. And we just want to see, I just felt like the Lord was going to silence accusation today, silence things that have been, have been haunting us and chasing us down for a long time. For, for those that have been involved in that, I just want you to come get prayer. I want you to come get prayer if you're trying to have children. I just want you to come have prayer. I mean, my, my, my wife loves to pray for people that are having trouble having children, and, and we're just going to believe for that. Um, for those that might want children in the future, come get prayer. For those that uh, maybe you're just struggling with uh, miscarriage, you know, I just want you to come. And So I just want us to stand. I want to end up with this scripture. And the prayer team can come on. And Rick, just to remind me, you know, this is going to be a good place to start. You know, sometimes there's there's stuff that's involved that needs more than that. So we always offer freedom teams. You know, most of you know. If you don't know, we offer freedom teams. You can find one of us afterwards and say, I'd like to get hooked up with a freedom team because I know I need more than just a few minutes. This is going to be good because I need it, but I might need a f maybe an hour or so to process some things. So I just encourage you, come find us and, and really ask for that. But the Lord just really mentioned Isaiah 43. And if you can just close your eyes, I just want you to just receive this. Um, Isaiah 43, just start in one. 
But now says the Lord, your Creator, O Jacob, you can put your name in that, O Mitch, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place, since you are precious in my sight. You are honored, and I love you. I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. I just pray you receive that this morning. Receive that this morning for you personally, just to to begin there. For you personally, no matter what, maybe you don't even need to respond in this message. I I just pray you would receive that this, this morning. My daughters, my sons, everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory. You were created for the glory, the thoughts and opinions of the King of kings and for the Lord of lords. I just thank you. Thank, thank God. So thank God, you know, for the, for the Rachels of this life that somebody chose yes and said yes. For, my, for the glory of God, Rachel Patterson is here for his glory. And, and Lord, I know that, Lord, there's just so many different situations we've all been in and through. And I just pray right now just for supernatural revelation and healing and restoration of, of the sanctity of life in each person, in each individual. And Lord, I bless you. I honor you for that. And Lord, we just want to just see your release today of things that have tried to accuse, that have tried to chase us down, that have tried to hinder us with shame or guilt. Lord, we just, I just pray right now, God, for those things to fall off of us and that we would be able to respond. Maybe we just need to respond and get those things off. And so, Lord, I just thank you, and I just bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Yeah, there's a woman here that uh, has been, had been trying to get pregnant. I, I don't know anybody in particular, but I just hear the Lord saying, there's a woman here that's been trying to get pregnant, and she feels defeated. God's sort of like what Tamara just said. Just receive what God says. There's a woman that's had a, had a miscarriage and the accusation of the enemy telling you it's your fault. God just saying, let the accusation go. So I agree, Lord, with everything that Mitch has said. Lord, I just call forth now the spirit of the living God to come in power and to comfort. Or I call forth the comfort of God right now in the name of Jesus. I silence the accusing spirit. I'd say it's long enough, long enough. I command accusation to be gone in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we call forth the power of your Holy Spirit to minister the fullness of life. Lord, we thank you. We lift up the PR. See, I don't pregnant. Sorry, Laura, but I... Change names, I forgot. Where Laura and Kathy work, Lord. 
God, I thank you for these the men and women involved there, Lord. I just bless them. I speak protection over them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Bless their work. Favor the Lord God be over them. Thank you for them, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Yeah. So I'm just going to encourage you to come. Just uh, These men and women are here just to walk alongside, just encouraged to build up. So, Lord, even just as I'm praying, I just want you to come. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, anyone in here today that needs prayer, God, for any of these things, just come, y'all. Just step out. Just step out from that. Just step out from anything that's, that would try to keep you from coming. I just pray right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. God, come. Just come and get prayer. God, come and stand alongside men and women that have just been walking and that need need a, a, a supernatural uh, moment of prayer. God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. Just come right now in Jesus' name, God. Just breathe. Restore, renew, uh, God, just build up, encourage those that are standing with these men and women. God, I just pray, God, that you would just give them revelation what to pray, how to pray it, Lord. But God, I just pray right now, just, I just want to declare healing over women's wombs that have not been able to get pregnant, God. I just pray in Jesus' name, healing right now in Jesus' name, a release, God, just of that in Jesus' name. God, we continue just to declare your healing presence in their, in each heart and soul, Lord, for those that have gone through traumatic things. And Lord, I just pray for those miscarriages, God, that they would be redeemed, God, just as I know you've redeemed the three for us, God, that you've given us wisdom and vision for, for that in relationship to what you're speaking to us. But God, I know that that revelation still needs to come, God. And so, Lord, I pray for those women and men and families that have, have lost. I, I just thank you that it's not true loss, that it it's kingdom. It's in you, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray that revelation comes. So I'm just continuing to ask as I pray, just come. Come and get prayer. So, Lord, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you for that this is a day to, to set apart and, and declare the sanctity of life, God. Just life abundantly, God. Because when you give life, you give it abundantly, God. The enemy will come to try to steal, kill, and destroy. This world will have effects, of sin and death. But God, thank you that you have overcome the world. Thank you that you have overcome, Lord, our own decisions in the past. Thank you that you've overcome, Lord, just physical inabilities, God. I thank you that you overcome all of those. And Father, I just pray even for for those, I want to pray for my brother that was that 86 and just trying to find purpose in life here. And, and, and Lord, when he wants to be so much with you and, and with his loved ones, I just pray continued life and purpose and kingdom over him and for those that need that, that that place even just as Laura was talking about that place that they don't find purpose on this life and they don't want to to live I just pray supernatural breathing of life into them today someone here I think has been struggling Lord just with not wanting to live and I just pray right now in Jesus name God you, they, you would breathe life back into them you bring purpose of, of just being your son and your daughter back into them, God. So, Lord, I thank you, Father, and I bless you, and I honor you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm just going to close this out. These guys and ladies and guys are going to be continue to be up here. I think there's some more response in that, but I'm just going to release, uh, release everybody else, but just come and get prayer this morning if you need it. Love you. Thank you for coming this morning, and keep praying and declaring life into this
life into not only this body, but to this, this nation as well. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Amen? Amen. Amen.